Hey Alice. Hey Danny. How's it going? Been a while. It's been a while. This is season one a wrap up. We thought we'd have some reflections about our last 11 episodes plus our trailer debut. Mm-hmm. So we've learned a lot. Yeah. We've recorded 11 episodes and a trailer. We've learned how to edit. Mostly Alice has learned Nearly. how to edit and produce <laughs> and upload and share. Mm-hmm. Big high five to you working for progress. That was a high five noise. You could have a clap machine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have enjoyed the conversations very, very much. And I kind of laugh every time I say I've enjoyed them more than I thought I would. <laughs> because that sounds like I, like I wasn't going to. I just hadn't appreciated how much I would enjoy them. And it reminded me how much I do love a good conversation. Mm-hmm. And I want to do more of it. And I want to go a little bit deeper, perhaps. Um, So we thought we'd take this chance to reflect a little bit and talk about maybe what stood out Mm. from season one. I think I've just really appreciated how honest and vulnerable people have been in their conversations. Because I think we didn't initiate this podcast for it to be a heavy, hard-hitting podcast. We wanted it to be light and fun and obviously for people to get something out of it. But people have really considered what they're going to say and really like backtracked and delved deep into what what they've been through, and that's it's just been really nice to listen to the intricacies of people's journeys that you wouldn't find out every day because you've got to create the space to share it. Yeah, I definitely wanted less chit chat, more good deep conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that has happened. We could probably do more of it even. But you're right; mm-hmm. it's nice to. It connects people when people are willing to be vulnerable, doesn't it? Like, mm-hmm. I feel more connected to each person we've interviewed. Um, as much as I've liked all of them to start with, because I know them a bit, I've liked them so much more because I know a bit more about them. Um, and it's such, such a good reminder of why we need connection. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, as as Brené Brown says, it's, like, really hard to hate someone up close. As much as I haven't hated anyone, of course, but, like... The affection has grown so much um, with the kind of intimacy of the conversations. And it is about work, but also our work is who we are quite often, particularly in this crowd. We're working with or speaking to mostly entrepreneurs, people that are doing something for more love than money in (laughs) most cases. Sometimes (laughs) it's both, but certainly not um, two-dimensional characters. They have... Um, deep values considered plans for themselves and and who they want to be here so I think when I was trying to think back to when we started this and what I wanted out of the podcast and I think for me the past year or two of my career journey has been quite a turning point because I've gone from working for work to it becoming something that I wholly enjoy and mm. um, so I wanted the podcast to express how that journey's made me feel in that now I feel so much certain in what I want out of my work in life and that's always been something that it's not that I haven't considered it before this but I just didn't think it was possible for me I always thought the sacrifice would be intense labor basically and hmm. um, so I think it's been really nice picking out these little nuggets in everybody's journeys 
And it's all come down to the same thing of journey and of risk and community and trusting in yourself and trusting in the people around you as well. And while we didn't plan for that to be the overarching theme, that's definitely what it's been for me. That's cool. That's really nice to hear um, on many levels. And also similarly, I have... I mean, I've been very appreciative of the communities of Tribe and Keystone um, since the beginning, and it was definitely something that was prioritized for me was creating community. But I think I just it just it's been really a nice way, particularly I suppose, um, coming out of lockdown and COVID and kind of getting back on our feet and really coming back to such a strong community and feeling so close to everyone and grateful for them it's been it's been a joy and I've met the most incredible people through well from the beginning of Tribe through TEDx Portobello um, through every member here and through all the women that have gone through Keystone and yeah they're they are the best folks we're we're doing something right (laughs) or at least maybe it's just my kind of people but Mm when people care about each other and I mean that's why we're doing the podcast isn't working for progress so when they care about each other and they care about what they're doing and they care about this planet um they're good people (laughs) (laughs) they are good people (laughs) they're nice to have them in your life so have you had an opportunity to listen back to any of the episodes that's a very good question (laughs) have you had the courage I hadn't until recently and I quickly got (laughs) I quickly got teased by my son about how oh. egotistical I am for listening to my own podcast. <laughs> so I've only listened to one episode. Well, actually, not even a full one. I couldn't quite bring myself to it. And I was just trusting you were doing an excellent job in the editing and uh, producing that I didn't need to. Um, it is a funny one to listen to yourself back. Mm-hmm. But actually, it was okay. And I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and so I will listen to more of them. But because um, I was listening at the time I, I felt like I've heard them yeah. so. so is there anything that when you reflect on it is there anything that anybody said in particular where you're like oh that was really good yeah. that was like a really good little yeah like if somebody didn't have the opportunity for whatever reason to listen to a whole podcast yeah and you could only send them a quote yeah is there one that you would pull out yeah I think there's well, I think there's quite a few like when we spoke to Nazim I loved her reflection about trust in the ways that she works like actually it's okay to trust like it's okay to put to open yourself and just be vulnerable sometimes on how you're feeling what you're seeing and having sometimes difficult conversations to be able to explore the nuance of things a little bit more and just have faith that things will come out right um because if you're already going to a situation with like mm, a bit of doubt and you feel like the other person feels it and then you don't let like I think both parts actually explore uh, the relationship that could be I just think trust is embedded on everything that we do and when trust like even in our in our personal life when we hold conversations with people when we're working in organizations when we even see our community spaces or the relationships that we have with governments or organizations like in between them is I think one element that is constantly broken. And if we just had a tiny bit more trust in each other, mm. the world would be a better place. And I, I certainly kind of developing Keystone had this philosophy with the group I was um, working with uh, around kind of 
moving at the speed of trust so it takes time and you have Mm -hmm. to put yourself into that relationship of trust to find trust so it can only go as fast as Mm -hmm. both participants or players can can go and I think Lorna also said something really great about trust so I I love this this story from years ago I did a scuba diving training and um, apparently if you shoot up to the surface you might get the burns so part of it you have to take off your mask and take out your breathing apparatus and then put it back on underwater so when I came to do my turn for the certificate I got my instructor's hand and put it on my belt (laughs) so that I wouldn't be compelled to fly to the surface just that just that hand on the belt I got you here and so I find that a lot of people come to um, counseling and coaching because they can do it it is okay they know they can there's this instinct for for more and but it's so healthy and helpful to have that anchoring force and how she's anchored you know like one helping hand or one someone Mm -hmm. there to kind of guide you Mm -hmm. at a certain time that that's pivotal in um in her career i believe yeah i think it's i really like that so many people spoke about trust and honesty because i think in any part of your life if you think about a time when you were struggling or you were trying to create a change or you needed to take a risk Mm. it's not always just trusting in yourself yeah it's It's trusting in the people around you or also just having those honest conversations with the people around you yeah to be like okay I can actually do this yeah I think you're right I think quite a few people did mention that I know mm-hmm. Rachel mentioned something around you know her partner really being yeah instrumental in her going out on her own and believing in herself and, and valuing mm-hmm. her her work mm-hmm. um yeah I think if we listen back they probably all have an element of of that yeah uh, I think that's why I've fallen in love with co-working as well because Good. you know everybody works with people but you don't choose the people that are around you when you've got a specific workplace to go to and when you come into a co-working space you almost have that as a choice and I definitely feel that's one of the strongest reasons that people come Mm. to us it's not the walls or the desk or the way they it's the way that it looks a little bit because it looks very cool (laughs) but it's the people that you're sat next to every day and it's the people that you have lunches with and debate about world issues with or have those little breakdown moments and be vulnerable with each other and it can completely shift your day so I remember when we spoke to Bob he spoke a lot about navigating changes and how tribe gave him that sense of security it's it, then you know so safety can the psychological safety I guess is formed with with people when when you when you look back on it and if, so if you've got other people that you can go through a journey with then then that's um that makes it easier yeah I mean, how many times have people been in tears and we just give them hugs and mm-hmm. don't always mm-hmm. talk about things, but yeah. that person knows they're not alone yeah. in what they're feeling. Um, and I th- that's powerful. Mm-hmm. That's powerful stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, nothing worse than yeah. feeling shit and being alone. Yeah. And definitely applying that to the podcast as well. Something that I'm enjoying about it is the thought that there might be people out there that are trying to navigate their working lives and don't know where to go next. And they don't, they, maybe they don't quite have those people around them yet to help them, but our podcast can actually guide you in a way. Like, we're definitely not saying that it's the best self-help book and you mm. should take every single piece of advice that comes out of it. Like, everybody's unique and we're all on our own paths. But 
if you can sit and listen to it and think, oh, that person did it, mm. or oh, I didn't think of that that way, or yeah, for sure, there's not a straight linear path to anything, and you've got to have that trust. I remember when we spoke to Lorna, and she spoke a lot about trusting her instinct to take risks, and how it takes so much practice to feel comfortable and confident in these decisions and these big life choices. I feel that way yeah. and at the time I'd never have known it I just felt like I had leapt off a cliff and was <laughs> falling and occasionally landed on a shelf and then thought this is the wrong place and leapt off again and it was it was painful and scary and, and uncomfortable which sounds like it would say don't do it but in retrospect once I came to understand no no that was the growth that was the career path then I started gleefully leaping off and it was giddy and it was fun and it was exciting because I knew actually that um, um, that it wasn't an abyss. Yeah, hopefully there's a bit of inspiration there for people just hearing different stories and different ways people have gone about their work. Um, at any age, I mean, I, mm. I often say oh, I would love for younger people to listen to this to know the possibilities out there because mm. it no longer are we kind of trying to get a job for our entire life and many people have two or three different kinds mm-hmm. of jobs um, but also you can start a new blooming job at 50 you mm-hmm. know at any point um, and gosh so many women that I've worked with through Keystone particularly they're sick of their corporate career or they want to finally do what they've always wanted to do now that their kids are at school or have left the house mm-hmm. or they're just sick of thinking about it and they want to make it their their full-time gig and it's scary and it takes some guts so yeah. it's easier with people mm-hmm. isn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's easier knowing that someone's done it before so yeah. you can also do it yeah it's just knowing the possibilities as well when I first started my job here I remember chatting to people and finding about out about all the incredible things that they're doing and there was just like so many worlds that I didn't know existed yeah. and so many jobs that I didn't know existed. And initially I found it really overwhelming. I was just <laughs> like, what on earth? Like, this is not, like, a, there's so many things out there that I just didn't know were a possibility. So even if that as a little nugget comes out of this podcast for people as well, like, especially with the world of like sustainability, like we've already had two people on here, mm. both working in sustainability, but both got there in very different ways yeah. and in very different points of time so just to expand your brain into thinking that there's no linear yeah way to it definitely where do you think you'll be when you're uh, 45 it's a big question i know big question hopefully just still surrounded by good people so yeah i think a that's a good way and... to do it it's not like <laughs> i need to have this yeah. job with this income with this yeah. kind of house and this kind mm-hmm. of car it's like no actually I want to be surrounded with good people making a difference to this world mm-hmm. enjoying what I do every yeah. day having hobbies having my creative outlets mm-hmm. like I think you're right I think yeah. we need to start talking about success that yeah. way I think that's the great thing about value-based work which is something that I've only started thinking about since working here I, I, before this I always worked in hospitality and coffee shops and the main reason for that was because I got to be with people and I got to make people happy and talk to people and meet people and it I really struggled to work out how I can apply that outside of the hospitality world you know I guess though it's, it's really good to know that value-based work is out there yeah because I don't know why it just it I think because I didn't have the word for it or the term for it 
and I hadn't met loads of people that thought that same way, mm. I'd never applied it to my own life. Yeah. I mean, and you're not alone. I think unless you're exposed to these things, um, which frustrates me about um, school sometimes, mm. you know, our career paths are still so small mm-hmm. and we're not talking about value-based work as much as I think as we could. Yeah. Um, but also entrepreneurship because Mm -hmm. some of this is around creating change that you want to see and you that might be creating jobs that don't Mm -hmm. exist yet yeah I think I I always find that sad when I reflect on my school years as well so in secondary school I remember noticing this very abrupt distinction between kids who were in I'm doing quotation marks lower sets so you were split into Mm. sets of this isn't what I agree with, just yes, prefacing, no, yes. but the smart kids and the kids that aren't on the same level. And the lower sets would always get to do um, like hairdressing apprenticeships. They would do circus skills really randomly. They would get to do extra like dance or sports classes. Um, some of them got to go on did I already say this one like construction mm, apprenticeships yeah, didn't, but and yeah. any kids that were in the smart quotation marks mm. smarter sets didn't have access to any of that so already the school system was saying this is what you can do this is what you can yeah. do I remember having so many meetings with teachers as well where they would really push you into that career path frame of mind I remember being asked what what, what are you going to do when you leave school once you've gone to university, after university, what are you going to do? And you're asking a 16-year-old this. Mm. And I would always say teacher, because that's what my mum did. I didn't know what else yeah. was out there. And that probably pleased people, because mm-hmm. that was what you and were supposed to do as a woman. Yeah. the school wanted. Yeah. But that's definitely affected me in my, like, 20s, because my life didn't adhere to what they wanted yeah. it to back then, and it always played on my mind. That I thought I was doing stuff wrong. Do you know that's weird? I mean, because I grew up in America, which has many faults. I'm not saying it mm-hmm. doesn't, but we certainly don't have that kind of um, levels as you do mm-hmm. here in Britain. And I was always a dancer, and I never and and I got really good grades, but I was never put into a category of either yeah. or. And so I never had that pressure of kind of. I can only think of myself in this space, mm-hmm. which I'm quite grateful for, yeah. I suppose. Um, and we also don't have the pressure of the kind of end of year exam. So it's yeah. kind of more cumulative and it's over yeah. the four years of your high school. And then you take some extra tests if you go to university. Um, yeah. Or maybe I'm just lucky because I did a bit of both. So I didn't feel like I had to be mm-hmm. one or the other. Um, but yeah, I see that here with my own kids. Um, the the pressure of how you're defined based on mm. your testability. It's not even your intelligence mm-hmm. because yeah. you learn how to do a test. <laughs> it's not a reflection necessarily. <laughs> yeah. It's just how you retain mm-hmm. information, mm-hmm. not how you understand yeah. it necessarily. Um, yeah, and that, and that bleeds into. I think that really bleeds into people's career paths. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at 26, I I was I was in this country and I was just starting my own business, actually, called Interplay. We were, um, we, I say we, it was me. Um, 
uh, doing applied behavior analysis consultancy only because two families came to me and said, we really like you, we don't like your boss. <laughs> Would you like to start your own business and we'll come with you? And so that, again, that kind of those trusted people, that gave me the courage and also then applied for my own visa because I was here on a work permit, um, allowed me to stay here. Okay, what's up for season two then? What do you think? What do you want to do more of, less of? I think it would be pretty cool to open up who we offer the interviews to. So when we started this, it was quite strict on let's just interview people at Tribe and Keystone. Yeah. But I would be very interested to open up that to local business owners. Cool. Um, That's a good idea. I like that. Just to find out their stories. Yeah. And I think as well, like Edinburgh is really good for independent business Mm. and also knowing the people behind them like I think that's quite a little beautiful niche there that Edinburgh has not saying that Edinburgh is the only place that has independent shops it's definitely not um but it'd be good to find out about the people behind those businesses yeah cool so still kind of entrepreneurial in spirit mm-hmm. yeah we're still gonna have value-based questions mm-hmm. we're on the fence about the five simple pleasures or how are you feeling about that just maybe we just me. shake up the phrasing a little bit yeah I do really enjoy that question and I also enjoy how we could notice that how the seasons are changing because when we started recording the first episodes it was still very wintry and cold outside so we were getting a lot of wintry answers and Coffee. I actually thought that was really nice that as we transitioned into supposedly warmer months um <laughs> that people started saying like bike rides and the sea mm. and I think that was quite nice. Yeah, so quite I like do it. like I do like the question, and they were more varied than I thought they might be. Yeah, I thought that we'd have kind of the same-ish answers, but no, we haven't. Yeah. It's definitely have a good warm up as well. Yeah. Okay, we'll carry on then. We'll carry on with that. <laughs> and most people talked about flow. They didn't really talk about art. Mm. I think art is maybe it's a bit of a abstract concept that you have to really think about, and maybe it's too too far for a kind of on yeah. the spot question. But I kind of like the flow question. Yeah, I like the flow question. Maybe we'll just stick to flow. Yeah. Maybe we'll ask the audience. Vote. <laughs> yeah. We'll put an Instagram <laughs> question Poll. up and you, yeah. can all, okay. you can all have your two cents. I, I think I was reading a book about art at the time. <laughs> and I was really taken aback by the thought of it. But it does, It's yeah, it does take some some pondering yeah. time about what that means. I think a lot of awe-inspiring things as well are in the everyday and I think when you pose people that question it feels big it feels massive and your brain is trying to think what's something epic that yeah, I've done but true. actually it's it, it's not that it doesn't big. have to be yeah yeah it's very different for everyone but there is something about being open to the kind of big and little gifts of life <laughs> and I guess you could say being present but like just yeah I don't know that's what makes me happy most times when I'm having a moment of like oh the world is beautiful Mm -hmm. like that like the sunshine I mean it could be small like you say it could be the sunshine it could be conversation it could be something bigger but yeah yeah, we have a lot of those then it's hard to be too grumpy (laughs) (laughs) grand okay what else we're good we're gonna wrap up yeah 
looking forward to season two. Yeah. We might tweak a few questions, but overall, yeah. I'm really, I'm really proud. Yeah. I'm proud of what we've been able to do, and we've just done it. We didn't mm-hmm. know what the hell we were doing when we started. Nope. Just an idea. And obviously, there are lots of podcasts out there, and people do it all the time, but we also have done it. Yeah. And Alice has mastered Garage just Band. Just about. Just about. We had a few white noise problems, we but... Had some um, tweaks with the we'll third microphone it. still not perfect yeah. but it all comes with time it's a journey we're learning it's a it's a work in progress <laughs> <laughs> end scene end scene <laughs> genuine thanks to all of our um uh guests i've appreciated their their time and they've all been so generous and willing to mm-hmm. be here so yes thank you everybody thank you everyone out ciao for now to hear more about Triporty and Keystone, you can find us on all social media platforms. Please head over to our website and subscribe to our newsletters, which includes monthly blogs to provide helpful insights into how we craft our work in life. This has been Working for Progress. We hope you join us again. Bye.